1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and I am so glad to be talking to you on a what? Victory Monday? What? We haven't said this in a long, long time and it feels so good. Yes Once again, this is the hangover from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and November 15th, we are on here with a hangover because the Steelers tied the Detroit Lions. The very next week, we were on the 22nd, and we were like, hey, they just lost to the Los Angeles Chargers in a game that they came back from. Okay, that's okay. Then last week, we're on after a <laughs> game with the Cincinnati Bengals, an embarrassment, 41-10, to so we have not had this feeling for a long time. And nobody thought we were going to have this feeling today. So all I've got to say is, yeah, boo. And everybody's excited. It looks like Wes is the first one in, as we always welcome the first one in. So thanks for everybody who hangs out with us tonight. It is an absolute pleasure. Once again, we can't do these shows without each and every one of you. I know. I got to tell you, I am elated. I could keep on talking about how happy I am, but... Let's talk to Tony DeFeo and Shannon White. Boys, are you Katrina on the waves today? Are you walking on sunshine? Uh, well, I did a lot of walking today. I didn't always feel like on sunshine, <laughs> but I was definitely happy about uh, definitely
0: happy about the Steelers win. I was I was that that, that that kept me going.
2: Shannon White, what's up with you, man? How you feeling? They, I just my faith has been restored all through the game, I was like, you know, they were trying so hard to come back and, and showing a great effort, everything they didn't do against the Bengals. And I'm like, dang it. They're making me care again. They're making me believe again. And, all, and then they took it all the way down to the end and they tried to give me a heart attack, oh. but, but at least we got the victory and I'm just so happy right now.
1: Okay. Shannon, I want you to take a deep pause and I want you to close your eyes. <clears throat> And I want you to repeat after me. (laughs) Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Go ahead, Shannon.
2: Just when they thought I was out. Or just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. There you go.
1: (laughs) You were back. And we're all back. And we're all feeling good. Now, hey, it's... uh... This doesn't mean that the Steelers are winning the Super Bowl as I burst the bubble. But this means that that uh, there's something to look forward to on Thursday and after that. That means that uh, there's a glimmer of hope when you beat the number one seed in the conference. And that's absolutely fantastic. I, and I got to tell you this, guys. Right now, they're the eighth seed. They're the eighth seed in the conference, and with Buffalo playing New England tonight in what's going to be a blizzard, that's going to be really interesting. So, you you know, they are going into next week's slate of games right on the outside looking in and ready to make a move. So they've got to keep it on, keep on just playing with heart. And I thought... Is there any doubt that they played it with heart yesterday, Shannon White?
2: No, no, that's that's what I was so disappointed. You know the previous week, but yesterday the effort was there. You seen it. You seen them fighting. That, that's what you want to see. That's all you can ask for. Uh, but boy, they they played their heart out yesterday, and and I was proud of them. And and like I said, uh, yeah, they, there was no doubt that they give a hundred ten percent yesterday.
1: Tony defia what are your thoughts?
2: Oh,
0: I mean, if, if they can't get up for the Ravens, then and, and <laughs> I think maybe wholesale changes would have been in order. Because, I mean, that's the one... If you ever remember the, the one episode, I, I realize I'm going off the rails, but George Jefferson and Helen Willis, they never liked each other. But for some reason, when they got on a dance floor, they all they they just, they just <laughs> they, they, they burned it up. Remember that episode? That's how the Steelers and the Ravens are. Every time they get together, it's a great, great... They're great dance partners. It is, it is still one of the best rivalries in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't care... Uh, I don't care uh, what what what's going on with with both teams when when they get together, it's magic. And yesterday, you saw that. I mean, a bit, it was almost too much magic for me, but <laughs> but it was still it
1: was still it was a great ending. You just dropped the George Jefferson, I know Helen Willis reference, yeah. and I absolutely love it. And also, the mom of who? Uh, uh, oh gosh, uh, I know the singer. Uh, I can't think. You know that singer. Roxy Roker is the mom of Lenny Kravitz, and Lenny we, Kravitz. Only took, we only took thirty seconds on that '80s reference, '70s and '80s reference. So we're okay. That's so right. hey, let's do this. So we were all excited about this game coming into it. We were all, some of us were like, "Yeah, this is the beginning of the end." We're, Lamar Jackson is definitely going to destroy this team. And it, it kind of looked like it with Devontae Freeman and and Jackson just running wild early on, but. They really came in prepared for these guys on defense and they matched up very well. Shannon, how do you think that happened?
2: It, a lot of times, like I said, it's a lot of times it's the effort. Um, uh, there wasn't any magical defensive schemes that they used. It wasn't like they tried Hayward and Nose Tackle or uh they brought in the new kid, the Martorius Adams,
1: Montravius,
2: Montravius Adams, and he really, he's explosive. He's really quick off the snap. So he give them a little bit of uh, penetration and he held up good uh, where they had been getting blown off the ball, but Wormley was extra motivated playing his former team. And Tomlin had said that if a team trades you within the division, that says a lot about what they think about you. And he reminded uh, Wormley of that insult. And he, I think he took it as an insult and he, he showed by playing, you know, he played so much more physical yesterday. And so I don't think it was anything magical that the inside linebacker play still so far, they, they have no physicality with those two guys and they're going to have to do something there, but you know, what played out of his mind and they just kept, you know, they didn't all out blitz uh, like uh, so many teams have done to Jackson. And the but they were still able to you know knock him off his spot, make him run around and pressure him into some mistakes and sacked him seven times. So I just think it was a it was an excellent effort. And then the offense finally hit their stride in the second half. Tony,
1: what impressed you the most on the defensive side of the ball first?
0: I like the way I like their uh their their strategy against Jackson. They kind of kept them not bottled up necessarily, but they didn't let him get to the perimeter all that, all that often. I mean, they kind of kept them in the pocket and, and that's, that's how they were able to get those sacks. I think, you know, obviously TJ Watts always going to be in the backfield, but I think that that helped Chris Wormley uh, have, have a a much uh, better game. And as you said, he was motivated as Shannon said, he was motivated and, and uh, I thought he played best game of his career and and, uh, right when they really needed him the most. So I, I think it was just how they kept Jackson, bottled up so to speak they didn't you know like a lot of times with, with a guy like that it's easy to, to 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 you know pre-contain and let them get around you but they were they were disciplined they they were on the on their details i mean they, they weren't perfect but i mean they limited baltimore to 107 yards and after 586 over the previous three games
1: that was that was a win in my opinion <laughs> so i am a stat nerd now i'm a different kind of stat nerd not like the, uh, the ultimate, the stat geek, Dave Schofield. But my stat nerdiedom is who's going to break a record or who's close to a record? When I watch the Super Bowl, it doesn't matter what team's in it. I'm like, oh, he's going to break a record on this in this game so far. Or he just broke a record with that kick return. And everyone just looks at me and glosses over. But hmm. I remember the, the best time when I said, hey, Willie Parker just broke a record. <laughs> he just broke Marcus Allen's record for the longest Uh, the longest run in Super Bowl history. So I, you know, I'm that guy. So I've been following TJ Watts progression towards one James Debo Harrison for a long time and did not expect him to get it yesterday, but I expected to get it this year. But with three and a half sacks, he has tied the record with James Harrison for 16 in a single season, which is absolutely amazing. So it made me think, James Harrison has another record for the Steelers, and it's 80 and a half sacks. He, career best. And when you go back in time like they did this year, James Harrison still is the legitimate leader. They credited all those sacks to Joe Green and LC Greenwood, and they -hmm. got more sacks. But Debo is still number one. Wow, TJ Watt is fast on his heels right now. He now... Has 65 and a half sacks. So he is 16 away from breaking the all time Steelers record for sacks. He should be the first Steeler sacker in history to reach 90, to reach 100, well, Mm -hmm. even to reach 82. You know, so it's, it's going to be amazing to keep on watching him, but it's great to see how he elevated that defense yesterday. Other guys were elevated. You know, you had a, fairly under the weather cam Hayward that still makes things look so easy and he elevates everybody from being there Minka Fitzpatrick had a heck of a game Mm -hmm. and the guys around him did as well it was nice to see guys like Akello witherspoon show up in a game it was great to see those guys it was great to see justin lane make a tackle earlier yeah yeah i mean yeah i thought highsmith had a a fantastic game on defense as well so it was really nice to see but let's turn to the offensive side of the ball and since I let Shannon go first Tony I'm gonna let you go first on this one what was it that you saw on offense that made you go hmm this could be a game changer for this Pittsburgh Steelers team
0: Uh, Ben didn't he wasn't necessarily uh, great early on but when he connected with that on that pass to Deontay Johnson late in the first half that he dropped, but that was, that was a dime. I mean, it was perfect. And then uh, early in the second half, when he, when he uh, hit Ray Ray McLeod and then John Harbaugh, and anyway, uh, they had it overturned. I mean, it really wasn't Harbaugh's fault. I don't blame him for overturn for uh, challenging it, but that shouldn't have been overturned. Anyway, I, Ben's play uh, uh, impressed me a little bit. You know, it, it, again, he wasn't, he wasn't great but he looked a lot closer to what he to what you saw in LA than what you saw against the Bengals and he, you know he's he had been improving set, steadily for a number of weeks until last week so uh just just Ben's I know it's an easy it's easy to say but I, I was I was impressed with his accuracy his arm strength you know he's not he's never going to be the player that he, that he once was but uh the whole Toby Keith thing that's been going around all day I, I, I can never get it right but not, he's never going to be as, as great as he once was, but he can be as great as he once was once or something like that. So I think, you
1: know, you, you you saw that a little bit on Sunday with Ben. Shannon, you know, Tony said something about Ben didn't start off great. I actually thought Ben started off pretty solid. It was just they weren't getting the first downs. Uh, it, the first two, The first two series were kind of lackluster for that team. But he really has hit his stride. With Deontay Johnson, I think he is definitely to the point that he was with Antonio Brown, as far as just being definitely on the same page with Deontay. I think Deontay is now. Uh, I've been reluctant to say it that you don't need one, but I think Deontay Johnson is wide receiver number one. Shannon, would you agree with that?
2: Definitely. He um, when he when he dropped that first touchdown. Last year, he would have went in the shell. And he would have been useless the rest of the game. Uh, he'd have been over on the sidelines sulking. The maturity level and all the hard work he's put in, I, I jinxed him. I was sitting there bragging to my family, all the hard work he put in during the offseason, how proud I was of him, that he only had like one drop all year. And it's, at the very next play, he dropped that touchdown pass. I said, "Oh my gosh, that was all my fault." <laughs> but you know, I I believe in the jinx, and I believe I'm that powerful and that influential <laughs> that I can jinx I'm sitting on my couch at home. But wow! But you know, the being his, he can still do. He just doesn't have mobility anymore. Those knees, it's it's over. Uh, so he's he's kind of a statue maker. But if he gets protection, he can still sling it all over the yard. And he showed that on multiple occasions. And yesterday, the key to me was when John Laglou came in. Am I saying that right, Laglou?
1: Laglou.
2: glue. When he came in, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, we're to the fourth string journeyman practice squad guy." I said, "Oh my gosh, what's going to happen?" I thought he was a tackle, and here he is coming in at left guard. He played a heck of a game. Yeah. He, I could not believe how technically sound he was. He instantly, you know, Baltimore's got the behemoths inside in Williams and Campbell, and even their backups are monsters. And he would engage, and it would kind of remind you of the Le'Veon Bell days. He would engage, and he would turn one way or the other, and then Harris was, it opened up that interior running game again because Harris was playing between him and Green a lot, and Moore started playing even better. I think that was the best game Moore's had since he, you know, as a rookie. So getting that interior running game back opened up everything, uh, for being in the, the rest in the passing game. So to me, I hate to see Finley leave. I don't want him to be injured, but the but he, he played excellent.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, nap, my buddy nap, 1963, uh, one of my Johnstown boys, he was at the game yesterday, and uh, he was texting me from the game. So when they scored that that touchdown, with Deontay Johnson scored that touchdown, I tried to call him, and he said, "Hey, are you calling me or is it a butt dial?" And I said, "No, it, it ended up being a call because I just wanted him to uh, turn it, just just answer it, just so I could hear that stadium." <laughs> I just wanted to hear that stadium through his phone, but I'm sure he never heard it because I'm sure it was, I know it was that loud. Yeah. So he also mentions here that uh, Ben was sacked one time yesterday and Jackson, he's guessing six. No, Jackson got was nailed seven times. Um, and it was that it was weird. Cause they really didn't call it a sack on television because that's where there's a penalty against the uh, Villanueva actually. And, but that's, they, since they declined it, TJ gets the sack, but Jim Nance and Tony Romo didn't talk about it, but really interesting stuff. But the fact that Ben got sacked only one time yesterday, that's kind of, that's correct, but it's not, it really wasn't a true sack. It's just like, he was trying to get back to the line of scrimmage on a, on a play. Um, It, it really wasn't like he was rushed. He was, uh, he just got, I don't know whether it was a running play, but he got just hit behind the line of scrimmage. Shannon, you might be able to elaborate on that.
2: Yeah, it was an RPO. Yes. And and he he had an option to throw out wide to Claypool or to hand off to Harris. And Claypool wasn't ready. And so he engaged the, the defensive back. So Ben didn't hand off to Harris and he had nowhere to go. He actually got back to the line of scrimmage. He didn't even lose a yard. But technically, they have to give them a sack for that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that's a sack you're going to take every time because when you're <laughs> watching the film, you're not blaming too many people on that, and mm-hmm. which is great. So there wasn't a breakdown on the offensive line. The offensive line looked pretty good. I'm on my way home, and you know how I love me some Bill Hillgrove.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, I love me some Craig Wolf- Wolfley, too. And I really love what Max Starks is doing on that on that sideline as well, but Hillgrove said something that that kind of surprised me. And he's like, well, Najee Harris didn't have the best day, but he did have 70 yards. I'm like, you know what? I thought Najee Harris had one of his most physical rushing games Mm -hmm. that he's had as a Pittsburgh Steeler yesterday. And that was so paramount for this team with Najee Harris, just going up. I mean, he was carrying guys. He looked bus-esque yesterday because we talk about how some of the things that he does looks like Le'Veon Bell and sure. And that's true, but there's things that Le'Veon Bell never carried guys like this. (laughs) Jerome Bettis did. And I I'm having trouble because thinking Franco Harris, I watched him at the end of his career more. So he was uh, preserving himself at the end of the career, which I have no problem with. Um, but I can't remember if he was that physical going between the tackles either. And cause he was considered a fullback in those days as well. So I'm, do you know anything about Franco or live chat? Do you know anything about Franco as far as was he as physical as
2: Najee is? No. Franco was a glider. Yeah. It, it was funny. He, he wasn't, he was very unique in NFL history. And the fact that he, for a guy who was what, six, three and 230 pounds and a fullback, you know, he just glided around the field and, and he was really good at reading and setting up his blocks and he could power, like if he got near the end zone, but other than that, he usually didn't power and break through a lot of tackles or run over anybody. So yeah, Harris is definitely more like uh Bettis.
1: Cause you know what I, like I said, I started watching him in 1979, 1980, but I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice that stuff as much. Um, let's go ahead and get to some live chats. I did miss one and I'm going to see if I can go find it. It was from X Eddie B. I was wondering um, maybe one of you guys could help me find that there. Sure. Um, but I see another one from a very good friend of ours. Uh, Tony and I know this guy all too well from the blog talk radio days. Good old Ken from Jersey, Kenneth McNair. It's good to see him there. I've, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and bring him up. He doesn't have a comment or a question, so Ken. Uh, oh, there you go. We're gonna go ahead and take this one here. But 4.99, thanks so much. And Ken saying we've been given them much criticism. I thought the inside linebackers were visible and played a more impactful game. I did too, Ken. And I thought I thought both Schobert and Bush did better. Was it a perfect game from those guys? No. Is it still a weakness on that team? Yes, but I liked what I saw yesterday for the most part from those guys. But it's right now we're seeing Artie Burns syndrome, an Artie Burns syndrome from uh, from Devin Bush because he's going to have to do something amazing to change the minds at this point. Am I off on that, Tony? Oh yeah, I mean you know it's 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 going
0: to take more than than than. Uh... Uh, Sunday's game to, to change people's minds. I mean, I think he has to be, he has to find a way to be consistent. I, I did like, I did think, you know, he he, he looked good, especially early on in pass coverage. I think he, he had a great uh, breakup early on. I think it was on uh, Andrews and he showed a lot of emotion, which I think, which, which tells me that he cares. Not that I really doubted that, but other people have been doubting it. You know, Arthur Motes can, kind of uh, alluded to that last week. So it shows that, that he, he cares and he wants to be, he wants to get better, but, 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 but yeah, it's going to take more than one game. He's going to have to, because, and, 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 and uh, eventually he's going to have to be that Ryan Shazier type of inside linebacker, that dynamic player that they need him to be. That's why they drafted him 10th overall. Eventually he's going to have to get to that
1: point. And right now he's not close, right? But he's uh, hopefully that's something that he can turn around. Um. He, who who said it there? I think Night Rider said I still see Bush avoiding contact, unfortunately. And I, I agree he is. He is. Um Jerry Cherryman, uh, the guy who does all our music for all our shows on the uh, the audio side the best check him out on youtube i love this guy mm-hmm. uh and a gracious human being too as well just a fantastic guy jerry um bush might be playing for the bears in a few years yeah that's kind of what happens <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you leave the steelers you end up in, with the bears x eddie b he gave us some canuck bucks here five dollars humphrey punched Deontay so hard he tore his peck Deontay did not fumble this time physical play. And I, I think that's absolutely true. Thanks for the five Canuck bucks. We appreciate that. And, you know, Deontay is playing much better. And Shannon made a point earlier about, you know, he was giving him credit. He became a jinx because he dropped it. I watched that play a few times and I thought it was interesting. It looked to me like he was pulling it in and hit his face mask. He pulled it into his face mask. Um, and that's one of the reasons that it got away from him. I might be wrong on that. I mean, it was a drop, uh, but I tell you what, he's he's looking absolutely fantastic. And Steelers.com ran something, every single catch from Deontay Johnson on uh Steelers.com, and it was and it was just it was with uh Nansen Romo behind it every play, and you see every catch, and you're like, wow, this they haven't done that since the ab days Mm -hmm. and it's it's really it's really cool to see how well that he is doing so i'm i'm really glad to see that hey everybody this is a great show i know everybody's really elated it's so much fun i feel for the first time in a month i feel we finally have kumbaya back here and that feels so good we're gonna have some fun in the second half of the show as we get ready to go ahead and take a break and you know the drill if you're on facebook or youtube you just hang around here you let us stretch we'll just take a we'll take about five seconds to get it all back all together but you don't want to miss the second half so if you're checking this out later on in the week on our audio only platform what do you need to do just you know it's simple it's just click on over to number two it's just that easy so we are going to see you in just a few minutes And we're going to talk about some bold and bizarre predictions that yours truly made and see how close possibly got. So stick around right here on The Hangover, a Victory Monday edition from (laughs) BehindTheSteelCurtain.com.